this message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. There is what undergirds all this, why even you are here. It's also because there's a great controversy. Let's face it. The great controversy between Christ and Satan, between good and evil, okay? Uh, the enemy has one goal, to separate us from Christ. That's his overarching goal. However he wants to achieve it, is secondary. He wants to achieve it. Okay? Now, remember when you read the book of Revelation, it is said, well, Satan has, uh, chapter 12, Satan has several titles there. And one of which is the deceiver. But interestingly, the word that is used there in Greek conveys the idea that he wants to distract you. So that you will live another reality. Rather than having your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Because that's really the antidote. The Bible gives us, have your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Right? Because when you have your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, then we are not distracted. That's his one goal. Now, he wants... <laughs> Ellen White goes even farther than that. Guess what? Now, this, is, this, this may be troubling. But she says, Satan even put some pastors in the church. Guess what? Makes them successful. So that when we look, we say, oh wow, you know? Oh, he's a successful pastor. See? But he may be used by the enemy to achieve a greater damage. Okay? So this is the reason why we have to have discernment. Now I will tell you about the Holy Spirit. Why, what, what do we need there and why? Okay? So yes, you can live in the church and be dead. This is what I mentioned earlier. Jesus said, let the dead bury. Because there are some people who are spiritually dead. Therefore, this message of revival and reformation is so important. Meaning, hey, revive to life. But who, life is a person though. Revived to Christ. <laughs> life is a person. The Holy Spirit. Revived to the Spirit. This is what I'm saying? Because where there is the Spirit, there is freedom. Yeah? Spirit of life and so forth. So on. It, they're all connected. But sometimes we just limit ourselves to some, I mean, byproduct. I need power. Power for what? <laughs> Actually, Power is the most dangerous thing for human beings. Uh, I have, maybe tomorrow I'll have to tell you about that. You know, a presentation here that I, uh, that I entitled, Powerless. This is a paradox. Powerless and fearless. Powerful and fearful. Uh, 
I will develop that tomorrow morning. Now think about it. Okay? So, but we have sometimes an empire style of mentality. Oh, a powerful person, hierarchy, all those idolatry. Whereas God wants us at a different place. Anyway, it's, it's, it's not very popular, you know, because, oh, it's a powerful preacher, a powerful teacher, a powerful this, powerful that. Yeah, and then, but Jesus came, embraced powerlessness, but fearless. Why? Because he gave all power to God. He can handle our lives. I don't need to be in charge. <laughs> I don't need to be in control. He We'll talk about that tomorrow. All right. But that was just at least a snapshot. Yes, please. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. And actually, the, the, this will be, you know, this afternoon, I will, uh, you know, especially in the, in the latter part of the presentation, definitely. And I will even use Ellen White also as a template there. Because she says something very specific about that, you know. These are loaded words, revival and reformation. We're talking even about reformation. Okay, but for now, the foundation's first. So that's why, you know, it was... Okay, now, uh, this... Let me move on to... Okay, this is what we read last. We talked about the name. I don't need to go back to that. It's uh, okay. Now, revived in the truth. This is basically the idea of being revived from deceptions about, and lies about God. About us, who we are, about the church, about the last things, about the nature of the soul in the afterlife, about heaven. I was telling you earlier, we are Seventh-day Adventists. There's a reason for that. Now, I'm not absolutely talking about we're better than others comparison no 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 but i'm talking about a church determined to be faithful to the biblical truth to base every aspect of what we believe in the scriptures okay now we have our brothers and sisters of other faiths i mean of from other denominations same faith in christ christian you know but we have some differences and the differences usually, you know, is about these things. Now, usually on the nature of God, we share the same basic foundation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We share that with other Christians. Okay, but when it comes to the nature about, uh, I mean, human nature, there there are differences. Some people think you are just a soul and then a body. We don't believe that. You see what I'm saying? So, revive to truth is also to embrace the biblical view of what a human person is. <laughs> but this is not just something theoretical, I must add. It is not just something the theoretical. Why do I say that? Some of us, when we ask us, what is a human being? Oh, we will say, well, a human being uh, is, of course, matter. God put the spirit, his spirit, you know. I mean, he creates a the, the breath. And then that, uh, that person or that, you know, this intermingling between 
matter and spirit makes what is called a living being or what we call a human soul. Right? Now that's true. But there is something more there that can completely change the way we relate to other people. For example, we are created in God's image. That's part of our understanding of who we are, right? Now that means infinite dignity. That means that every one of you is important. Infinitely important to be respected. To be valued. Whoever touches you touches God. Why? Because you are created in God's image. With infinite dignity. You ought to be respected. Not because of what you do. Not because of what you achieve. Not because of your title or possessions. But because you are created in God's image. Now think about this. But do we really believe that? We value people if they have money. We value people if they have PhDs and etc, etc, etc. Actually idols. We value people because of idols. Whereas our understanding of who we are should lead to respect of every person. So this is why, you know, when people talk about revival and then you don't respect your neighbor. Nonsense. <laughs> revival without upholding the dignity of every person, nonsense. You see, so being revived to the truth has some practical implications, friends. Yeah? <laughs> uh, we, we value uh, temples, right? Buildings. <gasps> wow, impressive. Yeah. But God said, you know, all those buildings will be destroyed. But human beings are temples of the Holy Spirit. They, they are m more worth, I mean, they, you know, they are more valuable, you know, uh, in other words. See? So, the, you know, when people talk about revival and they, they come being arrogant, no, it doesn't square. Revival and look down on, up, upon people, no way. Why? Because being revived to the truth, you start looking at people differently, meaning the way God looks at them. Because ultimately, revival is to embrace God's life. Fundamental definition. To embrace God's life. To embrace God's vision. To embrace God's passion. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You participate in who God is. That is what... Because God is life. Actually, I started like that today. In Him was life. So, to be revived is really, literally, to be connected to life. And who is life? Life is the person, Jesus Christ. God. But people, notice, because of empire mentality, sometimes we talk more about, oh, I need the Holy Spirit. What for? Power. Yeah? Now I have power. Then I'm in control. Then uh, what we need is not power. And I mentioned that earlier. Is to give to God what belongs to God. And what is that? Us. <laughs> you know, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, right? You give to God what belongs to God. What belongs to God is you and me, personally. Until that happens, we are using God. Oh, yes. 
Even our prayers can be abominations. I'm serious, friend. God, give me power. You know, because I need power. Uh, why do you need power? Yeah, I need to be successful. Why do you need to be successful? Is it for me or for you? God would ask us. You see, this is far away from just, you know, I, I could give you some formulas, technique, you go, you're happy. A, B, C, one, two, three. No. But here, it's about, you know, connection. Now, think about this. So I just mentioned the idea about us. But what about the church? What is the church? We are living the most confusing times today. Even in the Adventist church, people are giving all kinds of definitions of what, what church is. But the implication, if I am really revived, you know what church is? It's, it's, it is a family. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. A family? What do you mean a family? Yes, a family. Every person who is saved is saved to join the family of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Notice that I'm still in John 1. But to all those who have received him, he has given, he has given authority to become what? Sons and daughters of God. That's family language. <laughs> family. In other words, you're my sister. You're my brother. But do I really believe that? Do I live according to that? Well, if I'm revived, yes, I will. But if I live a routine Christian life, you know, I mean, are you really my brother? No. With a routine Christian life. Oh yeah, hey brother so and so. That is manufacture. I mean that just... But I am, am I willing to show solidarity to this person? I don't know your name even, you know? But based on the fact that we both are connected we share the same life of God. This is not theory. <laughs> Measure it concretely. If I go out of here and meet a person and disrespect that person, all, all this thing will be just what? Nothing. And this is the problem. You know why I was telling you Satan can empower people to come to preach to get people fired, religious entertainers, they will do a good job entertaining you. You go out and they say, oh wow, I had a good time at church, you know, so forth. But then, have they really led you to change your life to live like Christ? That's a serious question. Why do you go to church? You go to church sometimes, okay, yeah. Well, uh, well, I have to go to church. Is your life being transformed by what you're hearing? Or are you just going out of there? Well, you know, it was a nice sermon. Nice, nice. Is this, is this about a nice sermon? I think. I mean, I don't need a preacher to say a nice, a nice sermon. There are some comedians who can do better jobs. I'm serious, right? I mean, they can do better jobs. They can fake it fine, perfectly. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm a, mu- I'm a musician also. Uh, to, to listen to good, I mean, to, 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 to appreciate top music. It's not a church that I would appreciate that usually, I must say. There are some people who work hard every day, seven hours of practice. Everything is perfectly, you know, 
You go to a concert, you listen to this, you go, wow. But that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> you, you see? So the same thing for a preacher. To entertain me, I can have better entertainment somewhere else. But I need something that will connect me to the life of Christ. That revives me. That makes me different, you know? That makes me a victorious with my own struggles. You see what I'm saying? Concretely. So truth leads to that. You know, what about the church? Last things. Yes, I know. I mean, we could, uh, we could, we could spend quite some time with every one of these, by the way. How is... Uh, um, the last things, by the way, I will come back to it tomorrow because I'll, I, will, I will talk about prophecy in particular. But same thing, you know, the soul and heaven. You know, uh, some people w- w- want to go to heaven. But guess what? They make this earth hell to others. Does it make sense? So revival is the heaven you want to go, well, bring it right now here to people around you. Are you a blessing to them? You know, are you a facilitator for their well-being? Or are you really making it so hard for them that they will wish because of your toxic environment, the, the, the toxic environment you create that they want to move away from you? You see what I'm saying? So if you believe in heaven, well, show it by acting like heaven to other people. In other words. So this is not theoretical. I know people think Theology is just about speculation. No, no, that's true. That's true for dead theology. But, they, you know, as I say some people, the worst is always the corruption of the best. Okay? So don't be put off because some people come and blah, 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 theology without, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the light. You know? Okay? So, now, this being said then, we Adventists emphasize being revived to the whole chain of the truth. The present truth, even we call it sometimes. Whole thing. You know? I mean, salvation. Of course, God, who He is. And you know who, who He is? If you ask a Buddhist, the Buddhist will give you a different definition. A Hindu, the same thing. Because they see reality differently. See? Uh, you... you <laughs> Uh, you look at the Buddhism, even though from an ethical point of view we will have a lot of things to common uh, I mean, a lot of things in common from an ethical point of view, you know like, Buddhists will see that there are problems in life that they call the three poisons they look at people function and they say, you know, what poisons these people's lives are three things greed hatred by the way, it, it, it is the same thing. Greed, <gasps> hatred, same thing. Just the same, you know, coin and so forth. Different, you know. And then, illusion is their third one. Because they think that what we see as reality is not reality. And then because of that, there is suffering, they say. <laughs> because of that, there is suffering. Now, we Christians, we have a different take on life. Yes, Greed, of course, you know. Uh, but the problem is much deeper than that. Much deeper than that. Now, when we talk about, think about this here, the whole chain of truth, everything 
goes together. True revival leads us to the true gospel. Not a different gospel. And I could spend time with uh, the book of Galatians here. The Apostle Paul telling Christians, why are you drifting to a different gospel? Well, the good news that we embrace is the reversal of all the bad news. I mean, simply stated. And what are the bad news? Well, go to the first chapters in Genesis. What, what are the bad news? Okay, let me uh, uh, share with you. The first bad news is mistrusting God. If Adam and Eve trusted God, guess what? There would be no sin. You know why? Satan said something. Uh, God says something. First, you know, you shall eat of all the I mean, fruit of, uh, of the tree, but not this one. Satan said, oh, did God really say? Two words. What, which, one would, which one do you believe? You know? So finally, they choose the word of Satan. That means they trusted. So mistrust is a problem. And even today, let me tell you, many of you, many of you, sometimes are depressed. You know why? Because you don't trust God. Why? God says, I love you. Right? But do we believe him? If I really believe that God loves me, then no human being is going to come and tell me I don't love you and I get depressed. <laughs> just, just think about it. Or nobody will be able to put me down. Why? Because I said the king of the universe loves me. Nothing will depress me. You know, because I will, I will trust him. God said, I will not leave you. I will not abandon you. But we are fearful. So trust. This is the reason why, by the way, Okay, every, every problem or bad news, Jesus came to reverse it. So he came to show us how to trust God, regardless of the circumstances. All the way, even when all seems bleak, trust God. Okay, then, of course, you know what? Sin, yes, meaning disobedience. God says, you won't do it, you do it. But, and then after sin is the bad news, the problem that Jesus reversed, notice, he became sin. The one who knew no sin became sin because he wanted to reverse that, right? Then next, what do you have? Okay, when Adam and Eve sinned, what, what did they do? They hid themselves. Since that time, that's bad news, by the way, symptom of evil, hiding, hypocrisy. We hide. We have become experts in cosmetic, by the way. I wake up in the morning, I want to hide. No need to go any further. Okay? But think about it. We hide. Experts. Why? But why do we hide? Because we don't want people to know some things about us. Why? Because they can use it against us. You see what I'm saying? So we hide. I w- <laughs> By the way, hiding, uh, hiding is also not only hypocrisy, but duplicity and, you know, because we don't want people to know. We want to appear our best. And not only that, the next symptom is fear. <coughs> Why did they hit themselves, Adam and Eve? Because they feared. This is what we find. So the good news, the truth of the gospel, we would not appreciate it really until we understand that these also are bad news. <laughs> 
Why do I have to give up hypocrisy? Because it is contrary to the gospel. Fear, think about. <laughs> I just mentioned briefly to you, and tomorrow I will uh, come back to this, because that's part of revival. Many of us are in prison because of fear. Fear of the future, fear of failing, fear of being misjudged, fear of not, you know, fear of this, fear, fear, fear of that. And some people will even lie because they fear <gasps> if they know the truth, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Fear. So the gospel, the good news, is to take us to fearlessness. And say, you know what? God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. You know? Daniel and his companions, think about it. You become fearless because nobody can do anything against you. Why? If God is with us, who can be against us? But we grow up, myself, every one of us, in fear. Will I succeed? Will I get this promotion? Will I get the <laughs> tension, stress? And we build life like that. And by the way, notice how contrary this is to even trust in God. Fear I will not get married. Fear I will not have the child. Fear I will not have the mortgage, you know, whatever. Fear, and then we, we pile up. There are just so many. So when you are revived in the truth, right, and you embrace the good news, the true gospel, well, then you start trusting God. God, I know you can handle me. You can take care of me. You can provide for me, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Isn't it, isn't it what, what we say? Well, then we start then. Jesus said, come, all of you who are what? what? What is the word? Weary and heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. But we say, no, no, no. Lord, I'm, I, I have to be, well, I have to have a part in this, right? I have to at least control something. I have to manage something. You say, well, you cannot do anything without me. You say, no, 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 yeah, but I, this part, no, 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 I have to handle it. So, so again, Revival is about something practical. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it is a renewed life with Christ. That's my foundation this morning. right? I'm insisting again on this. Jesus Christ brings the foundation. When I'm anchored in him, when I'm in Christ, well then, okay, I can relax finally. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. You see what I'm saying? Because you become fearless. But notice, it's not arrogance. It is not presumption. No, no, no. It's not, no, it's not all that. This is, this is faith in Christ. It is hope in Christ. It is love in Christ. Besides the three things that the Apostle Paul talked about. So friends, this is more simple than we think. I, some of you thought, that, oh wow, we're going to see Dr. Diop, so-called, you know, and, uh, you know, wow, there's some deep theological... It, Deep things are always simple things. Simple things. You know, <laughs> something almost funny, um, and I say this with respect, but when I was a child, I, was, uh, I remember somebody saying, you know what, people, the least butter than they have, the more they will spread it on the bread. You know? Uh, so Jesus, who had all the butter, <laughs> used to speak so simply be understood by everyone so why do we make it complicated because at the end of the day 
at the end of the day, it's about a renewed life in God. Connected to the vitality of God. Being renewed, resurrected, revived, all those words, together. It's simple. It's very simple. Practical Christian living. It's not complicated. You know, living the gospel. You know, uh, again, right? Not gospel deprived of the tunnel of the Father. You know, this would be a different gospel. But it's all about knowing God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, let me move, move on to this last one then. Revived, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. Notice, all the truth are clustered in Jesus Christ. And then finally he says, I'm life. So we talk about revival is to be revived from what? Death. Spiritually dead. And being revived. Finally. How do we do that? Well, without the life of God. His word of life. And notice, his spirit of life. And I'll come back to, uh, I'll come to this in a minute now. A person can live in the church, active, be considered a good Christian, and at the same time be dead. Now, a proof to that is the letter to Sardis. Can I read this letter? Just briefly. So, Jesus, who is in the midst of his churches, is speaking to the churches. And by the way, the Spirit is also speaking to the churches. So, he says this. And to the angel of the church in Sardis right these are the words of him who have who has the seven spirits of god and the seven stars okay i know your works you have a name to being what alive but you are dead he says wake up and strengthen what remains and it at the point of death so, wake up, he says. Be revived, in other words. And he's talking about Christians in the church. You, and even with a good reputation. You have a name, a good reputation. That you're alive, you're doing a lot of things. But you're dead. How could he say that? So then, it's possible to be in the church, right? Good reputation. Good things. And then dead. Uh, this will be tomorrow. I'll come to the letters to the seven churches. We'll be looking a little more closely. If there is a time we need to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, it's now. And at the end of each letter, not this, even this one too. Yeah? Same thing. Let anyone who has, a, who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Are we listening in that sense? See? So, life is absolutely vital and important here. Now, there's one more thing I would like to do here. Notice here is where we hear now what the Spirit says to the churches.
but who is this spirit? Why do we need, and you know the theme of this, right, GYC conference is what? Fill me. This is our earnest plea. Now, I like the second part also, our, right? We, we, we could even have said, fill us, right? Okay, but okay, there's an individual aspect, responsibility, fine. But listen to this now. Why do we need that? What are we really talking about? Is it possible to live a Christian life and not be filled? So let's be, first of all, clear about the foundation. Because we're talking about the foundation. Who? Now notice, I didn't say what. Who is the Holy Spirit? You know, what's, what is the difference between what and who? <laughs> what is generic? You know, like, okay, uh, if, the, if, if, if this place was dark, right, and then uh, the door opened and uh, something comes inside and I don't see what it is, right, I can say, what is that? You know, so the what is going to just basically tell me, uh, I don't know to what, to what speeches, you know, that whatever that is, belongs to. And I say, oh, no, 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 that is a human being. But then if I say, who is that? Then it's about the person now. Then the person has a name. So, who is, well, what is Jesus? Jesus is a divine being. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God the Son. See, now, n n <laughs> uh, let me take this a little further. So, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a divine being. But why the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God doing several things. God doing several things. Fully God, a person like the Son, a person like the Father, but doing something specific. Now, notice, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, one God sharing the same essence, nature, divine being, but three persons. Now only God is like that. No person is like that. Oh yes, we have some analogies. Something even happens in us. <laughs> Guess what? Uh, some people sometimes I hear say, yeah, but that is a mystery. Of course it is a mystery, but guess what? You also are mysteries. Do you want me to prove you that you are a mystery? It's very simple. Okay, I have a question. Uh, Rachel? Right, right, it, it comes from Rachel, right? Okay. Uh, you are thinking right now, I'm sure. Actually, this is why you corrected me, you know, with, with the name. Wonderful. Can you explain to me how come that you think? It's part of your being. Hmm. Yeah, you are answering me by telling me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, okay, but how does it happen? Let me, okay, anyone else? Could you explain to me how, what is the process for your thinking? Anyone? 
Don't go silent with me now here. You, you're, <laughs> you're thinking, great. So can you tell me how it happened? Anyone? No one knows. Yes. Genius, come on, tell me. Okay. So in, in other words, that is the source, the cause, but you are not explaining what it is, right? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I say how, how comes? What is the process? Can you explain what happens in you that you that you call thinking? Yeah. Experience. It's natural. Yes. Okay. So we observe and we process. So when you close your eyes, are you thinking? We still observe. Okay. How come that you observe? What what happened? You say something that triggers us to think something. So I say something and it triggers the senses, something like Okay. Yes. How does it do that? Okay. Wow. But don't, so we don't know that way then. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Okay. Not in detail. All right. Yes. Okay. Give us now the solution and final word. Yeah. Okay, and how does it do it? That, I'm, that is what I'm interested well, in. I, I will say that in conversation with one, there's a submarine that will hug and a hand goes and it's going to do this. That, that how is based on God. That is too spiritual, oh, you know? Okay. I mean, <laughs> 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 no, no, but, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but guess, guess what, friend? Seriously, you are just telling me you, you don't know how to explain this. I mean, explain this. You know why? Okay, well, no. Before, before I give in to it, let me make it more simple, okay? This is so simple, you'll be, you'll be amazed. Okay. Now, when you're thinking, whatever your spiritual, whatever, okay? But now, when you're thinking, you are having an inner dialogue, right? Right? You are talking to yourself, in other words. Yes? Yes. All right, somebody's with me. Now, okay, uh, when you're talking to yourself, that self within you, is it another person or is it the same person? The same person? So the same person is capable of speaking to itself? Yeah, where does it sound? You know, I am just basically pushing to, to show you how mysterious beings you are. Each one of you. Something is happening in us we cannot even explain. Yes. Yeah, okay, but imagine that you are an atheist. You still think, you still dialogue. Yeah, their self. So, and their self is, is, again, it doesn't solve our problem. What I'm sharing basically is this there's, there's something wonderful that is happening in each one of us. You know, yes, we can talk about the source, the Holy Spirit, our response, and you know, all those 
things. But this is marvelous. I mean, think about it. It's amazing. Right? And when we are not thinking right, it becomes mental disorder. Think about it. Right? I mean, so we are capable of thinking, reflecting, reflecting, right? Having inner conversa uh, conversation. And we are the same person. So why God cannot, you know, have alterity or plurality within God's self? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But human beings are so arrogant. So, oh no, I cannot explain that. Yeah, well, yeah, there are so many things that you, you cannot explain about even yourself. You see what I'm saying? But this is revealed truth though. Now, the Holy Spirit, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Simple. Because we need the life of God. The Holy Spirit brings in us, and that's the marvelous thing, the life of God. Without the life of God, there's nothing good in us. Remember, every perfect gift comes from above. Whatever is good, even love, the Holy Spirit pours God's love in our heart. So, there are a few things that I want to share with you why we need the Holy Spirit for revival. First, we need the life of God. Why? Because you are born again. That's a new birth. To all who believe in him, he has given the authority to become children of God. New birth. Right? How do we have this life? Like Jesus when he was born, the Holy Spirit, right? Of the Holy Spirit. We too, we need to be born of the Holy Spirit. But this Holy Spirit then transforms us into temples. Think about it. In, in other words, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Not only were you created in God's image, but now the life of God, the nature of you become partakers of the nature of God. Isn't that wonderful? This increases even the level of dignity. You are more important than any temple in the world. Any mosque, any church, any cathedral. More important. You have more value than all of them combined, by the way. And think about it. People respect those things. When they go to a temple, they will take off their shoes, you know, Oh, wow, this is a holy place. But how about the holy person? Each person you meet. Now, revival will lead us then, if I am revived by the Spirit, then I start looking at other people also with those eyes, with those new lenses. And it's wonderful. You know? the, 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 this is why. I mean, think about it. Why would we go, let's say, be, be involved in mission? Mission. It's because it matters to God. That is part of God's, you know, mission. God came out of God in Jesus Christ as a missionary. So I join Jesus, then automatically I become a missionary because I share God's heart. It's not about achieving something. Oh yeah, I've been to, you know, I've been to mission. I've been to this. No, no, no. It's about God and what God is doing and, and me joining him in what he's doing. See? So people sometimes, you know, we are so anthropocentric, meaning centered on human beings, you know, that we think that we are the end of it all. No. 
It's God at the center. And we're joining him in what God is doing. So the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and infuses within us the Spirit of God. We think like God at that time. We learn to grow, to think like God. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? And that's why you are beautiful, each one of you. You know why? Because God thinks through you. Whatever is good comes from God. Nothing good, good comes from me. Naturally. No, no, no. By the way, I even died to myself. That's why I, I got baptized, right? So meaning now God can be glorified. Why is it that the day of judgment, all mouth will be shut? Because only God will be glorified, uplifted. Wow, you're great, God. And this is why we worship God. Worship. We proclaim the words of God. Say, he's good. Wow. You know, I'm going to church not because, you know, a, a preacher is going to preach a good sermon. No, I'm going to show up just to show the, the angel that God is worthy. Regardless of what happened there. Yes, I know. Some of us come to the street to see, oh, who is the next great preacher in which church? And then I go there. Yeah. I mean, that's right in the, in the days of famine, I understand. People go to and fro. That's fine, okay? But at the end of the day, it's about, it's about letting God be God. Okay. Now, once the Spirit dwells in us, what happens? The f first of all, he will bear his fruit. Do you know the nine fruits of the Spirit? Actually, even use a singular here. Nine fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience. We're talking about the fruits. So, if I am revived by the Spirit, guess what? I will show those things. And by the way, take it further. Take the word love. Then you will add what? The fruit of love. Oh, love is definition. Kind. Right? Patient, of course. Kind. So, somebody who is revived by the Holy Spirit is going to be a kind person. <laughs> it's simple. Have you ever seen someone who, uh, you know, like nasty uh, type of, uh, I mean, boo, uh, terrible bullying everybody and all these things? Uh, that person is showing that that person needs to be revived. By the Holy Spirit. It's simple. You follow me, right? And this is concrete. If, <laughs> if, if I'm not kind, then I'm showing that I don't have the love that comes from God. Well, but this is not though a performance. It is whoever lacks anything God says, ask, and it will be given to him. It's wonderful. So, being revived and reformed, I used to be rude and, you know, inconsiderate and so forth and so on. To be re reformed means to leave that and then in, in, instead of being inconsiderate, you become considerate. Instead of being unkind, you become kind. In con instead of being uncourteous, you become courteous. And by the way, the word courteous means to have the manners of the court. Meaning, you know, the royal class. Courteous. When people see you, you say, oh wow, what poise, dignity. Why? Because of your rank. Because you are kings and queens. 
You see, because you're created in God's image with dignity. I mean, yes. Right? I mean, a demeanor that is, yes. Because, oh, wow. There's something there. Why? Because God is there. The Spirit is there. Oh, the person is really thinking about the words, not rude at all. Why is that? Not because of natural education, but because of spiritual education. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah? It, it's not natural. I could look at my background and say, ooh, there are so many things that I would just throw out, you know, out of the window. Oh, good things too, of course. But I died to that. Baptize anew, therefore now a new adventure with God in my mind, in my heart, in my being, the Holy Spirit. So that is the proof. And then, why do we need to be revived? We need to be revived also to have the gifts of the Spirit. Now, usually people spend on this one. Gifts, because you say, oh yeah. Why? Because of idols. You know, the world is, is, uh, is after idols. Oh, wow. I love you. Why? Oh, yeah, because you sing so well. Yeah. Oh, I, I admire you. I love you. Why? Because you run so fast. Okay. What if you lose your voice? What if you, what if you lose your mobility? Now, think about it. This is what we call so-called stardom in the world. It's so superficial. So superficial. I love you because of this condition. If this condition to disappear, then I don't love you anymore, basically. Oh, then I will go to another one. That's terrible. That's terrible. See, for so the fruit of the, whole, uh, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are telling us now that we live, we do things for God's sake. This is important. Uh, in the church, sometimes you see people Oh, he speaks so well. He should be the Sabbath school teacher. No. It doesn't work that way. You know, he speaks well, yeah, maybe in a secular something setting, you know, that person. But in the church, it is about spiritual gifts. A person should be in this or that position because God chose, you know, and the church sees that God has chosen that person by displaying God's gifts in that person, the person is not important because of that, I mean, because of those gifts, by the way. The person is important because created in God's image. Loved by God. Cherished by God. You know, you know, revival is about changing completely our mindset, our way of seeing, and embracing the way God is seeing things. That's it. And this is why we have no glory into this. You know? Why? Because we say, oh yeah, that's God's way of thinking. And it's God's style. Not, not mine. Oh, it's unnatural, you know? You know, uh, <laughs> some people will start commenting, you know, like uh, even, uh, um, let's say, uh, commending you, oh wow, you are so kind. And get the credit, say, well, you know, God is so gracious. He has been so kind to me. How can I do otherwise? Somebody come and say, you are so gracious. Wow, if you knew how gracious God was to me, how can I be otherwise than be gracious to other people? Then they see that you are not the source. 
they give God the glory. Yeah? But if they start saying, oh, you're so gracious, oh, yes, oh, wow, you know. You take all the credit, first of all, you usurp. You're a thief. Because it comes from God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, we, but sometimes we crave so bad after recognition, you know, that when somebody gives us a compliment or something, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we take credit. But, hey, see what I'm saying? But sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Now, maybe one more thing about the Holy Spirit. Yes. God is a missionary. So God is the one who is really sharing his message through you. Before you speak to anyone, God prepares the heart of those people. Right? Before, <laughs> I mean, yeah, before you meet anyone, God, God knows all that. So basically, God is the one doing his work through you. And we're just privileged to be part of this wonderful thing that he's doing in the world. Now, but there is a great controversy. Remember, Satan doesn't want God to reclaim this world. So what he will do? He will try to oppose you. So what do you need to fight it? You need the whole armor of God. <laughs> so that's also part of the revival. The whole armor of God. So again, the fruit of the Spirit you need. The gifts of the Spirit you need. The whole armor... So when we pray, Lord, fill me, it should be for that purpose. Fill me so that I may display the fruit of the Spirit. Fill me so that I can, Lord, by your grace, use your gifts to, for your glory. Fill me, Lord, so that by your grace I can be victorious in this great controversy, wearing the whole armor of God. Because without which, <laughs> no victory. Right? Now, that means concretely, friends, you have to go to Galatians for the fruit, Ephesians 4, no, you know, Galatians 5, Ephesians 4, the gifts of the Spirit, and of course, Ephesians 6, and as you know, for the spiritual armor, warfare, the Spirit brings all that to you. Why? Because we're living the end time. And finally, so that we can be ready when Jesus comes again. See? So this is why we pray. Fill me, O Lord. This is our earnest plea. Why? We need it. We need you. Because at the end of the day, it's really about needing God. Alright? Time to normally even pray right now, but let me give you some time for questions. Uh, I hope I was clear. Notice how I framed this since this morning. The foundation, no other foundation can be laid, Jesus Christ, right? And then uh, why? Well, because he says also, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. So he uses the image of a pilgrim traveling. So don't apostatize, don't go out, out of the way. No, don't be distracted in the way. Focus on me, I'm the leader actually. You know, I'm the way, the truth. The truth, we talked about the whole chain of truth. 
you know, some people, you know, the, the Bible gives us the whole, ch- not just parcels. So Adventists, we are holistic in our approach to truth. And the truth shall make you free also. But live, this, truth is, this truth is practical. Truth about God, of course, truth about human being. And I told you, the truth about human being leads us to respect people, concretely, for example. If I'm revived, right, by this truth, then of course I start saying, oh wow, what is a human being created in God's image with infinite dignity, you know? So therefore I have to respect that. If I'm revived, then every person I meet and hear, you know, in the corridors and everywhere, that person has infinite value, right? Uh, I mean, these are concrete things. Be revived also by life. Wow, that is sharing God's life. But what is God's life? This, he, this has led us to talk about the Holy Spirit that infuses the life of God in us, imparts the life of God in us. We, div- we become partakers of divine nature. And this is beautiful. You know? And a- as we become partakers of divine nature, then we start thinking like God, acting like God, relating to other people the way God does. But how can I do that? I need the fruit of the Spirit, the nine fruit we mentioned. I need the, the gifts of the Spirit so that it's not just natural talents that I'm using, but God's gifts, basically, right? And then I need the whole armor. Why? Because an enemy tries to basically prevent me from, from doing all this. You see what I'm saying? So, why do I need this armor? Because this is God's battle. The same thing that we're participating in what God is doing, same way. We are joining God in his battle, but he is victorious. And we have nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. You know, let's not count on ourselves. God is powerful enough to make each one of us into a victorious This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.